Hello and welcome to Cumber Baptist Church Podcast. The following is taken from our morning service, Sunday 4th of August, 2019. This morning we are joined by Pastor Steve Dodds, who takes his reading from Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 18, and brings us a message entitled, The Gospel Advance. It is great to be with you here in Cumber Baptist this morning, and thank you for the kind words of welcome, Terry. Um, as Faith and me were coming down the road this morning, we were having a discussion as to whether we had actually ever been in Cumbertown itself. And to be honest, I don't think we have. So it's a privilege to come to the Baptist Church, first of all, and to see it. But as we've just been singing there, go tell it on a mountain, it fits really well with what I want to share with you this morning from God's Word. Because the theme for this morning is the advance of the gospel. And if you have your Bible, I would like you to turn with me, please, to Philippians and chapter 1. Philippians 1, and we're going to read some of these verses that Paul wrote about the advancement of the gospel. And I have three points that we will consider later on this morning, because we'll consider Paul's reason, we'll consider Paul's response, and we'll also think about Paul's rejoicing. So that's what I want us to think about this morning. And as it's been said, let me introduce myself a wee bit more. My name is Steve Dodds. I am from Glengormley Baptist Church. So that was the church I grew up in. And after leaving school, I went and studied at Belfast Bible College for three years. And it was during that time that the church approached me and asked me if I would consider becoming youth pastor in the church in which I felt that that was God leading me into that position, so I accepted that call. So I've been serving the Lord there in Glengormley for the last three years. And for me, my kind of role is mostly evangelism. It's seeking to share the good news of the gospel with the community in and around Glengormley. And we do that in lots of different ways, because we have our schools work, where we're in six different primary schools, doing lots of different things. In the local high school, Last week there, we were out in the estates sharing God's Word and doing kids' clubs there. And we even have stuff within the church, our youth club and our youth fellowship, and our Sunday school where we're seeking to encourage young believers. But for us, it all centers on the gospel. And that should be the same for us wherever we are, whether it's here in Cumber or in Glengormley or anywhere in the world, that our lives should be focused and dedicated to sharing the gospel message to seeing God's kingdom advance, to seeing lives transformed. And that's what I want us to think a little bit about this morning. So we're going to read from Philippians and chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 12 down to 18. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard And to all the rest, that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, But the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel, what then? Only that in every way, 
Whether in the pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. And we know that God will bless that reading of his word. As we come to think about these verses this morning, if I was to ask you, what was the last piece of good news that you heard, or the last bit of good news that you wanted to share with anyone you came into contact with? Maybe it was that someone in your family's had a baby, maybe a new grandchild or even a great-grandchild, and you want to share that news with other people. Or maybe it's news about an engagement or someone getting married. Or maybe it's even your sports team. If you're a Manchester United fan like me, there wasn't much good news last season, but there is lots of good news. Maybe if, it's in, if you're into sports or maybe if you're into something else. And maybe that's what gets you excited and that's where your passion is and you want to share that news. And yet sometimes as Christians, we have the best news in the world. We have the best news that Jesus came, that he walked on this earth, that he went to the cross. And there on the cross, he took the punishment of our sin. But three days later, he rose again. And that good news that Jesus is alive, that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday and forever, that he wants to change lives. We have that news. But sometimes we aren't so passionate about it. We're more passionate and more excited about the other good news, the other events that are taking place in life. And I wonder if I was to ask you this morning, when was the last time that you had the opportunity to share that good news? How passionate were you? How excited were you? Was it evident to the people that you were talking to that Jesus Christ had really made a difference in your life. Because this morning, as we think about the gospel message, as we think about this message that we as Christians have to proclaim, I want us to think about it this way. You see, the gospel is an everlasting message that needs to be shared everywhere by everyone in the church. The gospel is an everlasting message that needs to be shared everywhere by everyone in the church. And that's, that statement is kind of what I want us to base our three thoughts around. As I said, as we think about Paul's reason. You see, if you look with me in verse 12, first of all, Paul is writing to this church in Philippi. And like so many of his letters, it's to inform them of what is happening, but also to encourage them. And Philippians is one of those letters that I'm sure many of us know so well. And there's so much in it, so much that we can apply to our lives. But he writes in verse 12 and says, But I want you to know, brethren, his brothers and sisters in Christ in Philippi. But he goes on to say that the things which have happened to me. So let us first of all think about these things that have happened because he's writing to inform them of what has happened. You see, if we were to read back in Acts and we were to read from chapters 21 through to 28, we would kind of find that history of the church and what happened to Paul. But this morning, I want to quickly just give you a run through. So Paul, he had been arrested in Jerusalem. He then was taken to Caesarea where he appealed before Caesar and he was held there for two years. Then eventually he was sent to Rome, but on the way to Rome, he was shipwrecked, as we know. And he spent three months in Malta before finally reaching his final destination in Rome. And yet throughout that time, he would have had someone chained to him, a prison guard 
someone with him. He was under arrest for preaching the good news, for preaching that message of hope, for proclaiming Christ. But yet throughout his time that he was chained to that guard and under arrest, his concern, as we have read this morning, was with sharing the gospel. So Paul, as he writes, the things which have happened to me, he is summing up what has happened. And he says to the church, he's wanting to inform them that he is in prison, that he doesn't have that freedom. But there was certain freedoms that Paul did have. You see, he was allowed to have visitors. And there was one visitor, Epaphroditus, that we read about in Philippi, who came to Paul. And as Paul writes this letter to Philippi, he writes to encourage them and to tell them that all is well with Epaphroditus. He writes of his passion for knowing Christ. He writes of his joy in the midst of adversity, his confidence in the face of death. And all these things that Paul is writing about, they're all applied to today because there are Christians throughout the world, as was prayed this morning, that are under persecution, that need God's help, that are suffering. But Paul, he was arrested by the Romans for preaching the gospel. That was unfair. Whenever we're persecuted for our faith, how do we respond? Whenever we have circumstances of difficulty, how do we respond as a church? You see, as Paul writes, he looks at the reason for why this has happened to him, for why he has been put in prison, because he says in verse 12, which has happened to me, have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. He realizes that God has a plan in his suffering, that it's for the furtherance of the gospel. That is the reason that Paul is writing to the Philippians. That is the reason that God has allowed these things to happen to Paul. And like in everything, Paul is acknowledging that God does have a plan and a purpose, and that it's for the progress of the gospel. I wonder whenever we find ourselves in difficult circumstances, is that our mindset? I wonder, do we think about, well, what is God doing in this situation? When things are hard in life, we maybe aren't facing the same persecution as brothers and sisters around the world. But our freedoms are being reduced here in Northern Ireland because you're not allowed to offend anyone, but yet everyone's happy to offend God. And as we as a church in these days, we have to stand up for our faith. We have to realize God's plan in everything, that there is a reason. And together as believers, we have to unite together and share the gospel. You see, God had a plan for Paul in prison. It was that gospel, that everlasting message for the furtherance of it. You know, the gospel can be summed up with so many different verses throughout the Bible. But the gospel simply is the way of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And maybe here this morning you haven't believed that message. And you wonder what is going on in life. You maybe are going through difficulties. Can I encourage you this morning to think about how much Jesus loves you, how much Jesus cares for you, and how much he wants a relationship with you? Because if we think about through Bible history what happened, you may remember that Joseph, he was imprisoned. 
for being faithful to God. But whenever he was in prison, he there met the cupbearer. And the cupbearer was later on to introduce him to Pharaoh. And eventually, as we know, Joseph, he was put in charge of the land and preventing that famine from happening. You see, God was with Joseph in prison. God had a plan for him there. There was a reason why it happened. If you think about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, he was arrested in unfair circumstances. But that was all part of God's greater plan of salvation, where he would go to the cross and there suffer for our sins. You see, God has a plan in everything. And as Paul writes to the Philippians, he's wanting them to see the reason why these things have happened. He's wanting them not to look at him or not to look at the circumstances or to look at the people that are causing this hurt, that are keeping him captive, but to look at how God is at work. You see, so often we keep our eyes on the things in this world and we look around us But what we need to do in the midst of difficult circumstances is we need to look above and we need to see what God is doing. We need to see God's reason. You see, the book of Philippians, it centers around these verses. Turn with me to chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, Paul was following Jesus' example. Paul wanted to be like his Lord and Savior. For each one of us this morning as Christians, can I encourage you in your walk with God to seek to be more like Jesus, to see God's reason, to see God's plan in everything. And even if we don't understand what is going on or what circumstances we face, that we trust in him and trust his plan and reason. You see, Paul had joy in the midst of trial and his confidence was that God would care for him, that God would use him. As he writes, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. You see, Paul knew his reason as to why his chains were there. Because he wrote in verse 13 as well, he said, my chains are in Christ. He realized that he was arrested, that he was in the place of God. You see, he realized his reason. He realized what God was doing. But then he had to respond. And it's Paul's response that we see that his desire was for the advancement of the gospel, to share that gospel everywhere. Jesus' final commands to us on earth or to the disciples which apply to us today as Christians. In Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
Some translations use the word proclaim. That's what we're to do. That is our responsibility as Christians. We're to go into all the world. Wherever God has placed us, there's a reason for it. Whatever God is doing in our lives, we're to be faithful in proclaiming that gospel message. Wherever God has placed you this morning, that is your responsibility. Because as Acts 1.8 said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But the even greater promise that Jesus left us was I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. You see, whenever Paul was arrested, the Lord Jesus Christ was with him every step of the way. Whatever difficult circumstance we're going through, or whatever situation we find ourselves in, we must remember that Jesus is with us every step of the way. You see, for us as Christians, we do not seek to serve in order to be saved, but we are saved to serve. That's the responsibility of us all. The responsibility is to take this gospel message because as Paul wrote in verse 13, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. There again we see Paul giving his reason that his chains are in Christ, that it is part of God's plan. But we have that word there, evident. He wanted them to see. He wanted them to see Christ in him. He wanted to share that gospel message. That was Paul's response to being arrested. You see, in, that, in those days, whenever Paul was arrested, he would have had a guard chained to him 24 hours a day. And the custom was in that time that the guards would have changed. They would have worked on a shift. And every six hours, there would have been a different guard chained on to Paul. There he had the opportunity four times a day with four different men to share the gospel, to be an example for Christ. You see, whenever we have that single-mindedness that Paul had, whenever we keep our eyes focused on Christ, focused on sharing the gospel, then whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, we will seek opportunities to share the gospel. You see, for Paul, he is writing to the Philippians here, so that it has become evident to the whole palace garden to all the rest. He's wanting them to know that that's still an opportunity. That even though he is arrested, the gospel message is not being hindered. That he still has that opportunity to be a witness for Christ. To share the love of Christ. And he was able to share that love with who? The whole palace guard and all the rest. If you think about it, I wonder if Paul had never been arrested, would he have had those opportunities to share the gospel with those people? Would he have been able to share with the palace elite? Would he have been able to appear before Caesar and before Felix as we read in Acts? Would he have had those opportunities to proclaim that message of hope, that message of salvation? Truth is, probably not. But the truth also is that wherever Paul went, he probably would have proclaimed the gospel where God had placed him. But what an opportunity he has with the palace elite. He wants the people in Philippi, the church in Philippi, to realize that. For all of us, wherever God has placed us, 
You have an opportunity, maybe it's with the people that you work with that no one else has. Or maybe it's with the people that you meet in the care home as you go out today. That's an opportunity there that maybe no one else has to share the gospel. For all of us, we must remember that wherever God places, whatever opportunities we have, whatever people we come into contact with, our desire should be to share the gospel, to share the hope. But you see, there was also another response. But it wasn't by Paul, it was by the church, by the Christians. Because he says in verse 14, And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. You see, that word speak, it does not necessarily mean that they preach. But it could have been in conversations or just a wee opportunity just to drop in God's word. But they were more fearless. They had that desire to share God's word. You see, discouragement has a way of spreading. It's very easy for the devil to get into our heads and to discourage us. But if we focus our eyes on Christ, then encouragement can also spread. And it will help us to take a stand. You see, the reason that they were able to be bold for Christ was that they looked to Paul's example, that he had the confidence that his chains were in Christ. Paul was looking on to Jesus. Those other believers, they would have been looking on to Jesus, his example. Christ set us the perfect example, as we read in Philippians chapter 2, when he humbled himself, when he came into this world. For each of us, as we seek to share the gospel, we should be seeking to be like Christ, to do it with love, to do it with humility. Because the thing is, in Northern Ireland, it's getting harder for us to share the gospel. No one wants to listen to street preachers. No one wants to read gospel tracts. There's not many that come into our gospel services who are unsaved. So the question is, how do we share the gospel in a way that people will respond? You see, we have to trust Christ. We have to trust God's reason, God's plan. But let me give you three R's that we can think about. You see, the first thing is that we have to be real. As Christians, so often, people think of us as having the perfect image of having everything together. But we need to be real with the people that we meet. We need them to see Jesus in us, to see that, yes, we do, we are at times upset, that we do have doubts, that we do find things hard, but that we can trust in the Lord Jesus for everything. You know, sometimes we make mistakes. We all mess up. We disobey God. We're still sinners. But we need people to see that, that it is not that we're saved or that we're any better but that they see Christ in us. So we need to be real. But we also need to be relevant. You know, I have a wee phrase that I always say, and it is this, the message can never change, but the methods can. You see, we can use many different methods to get the gospel across. But we need to be constantly asking ourselves, is this going to connect with the people in our community? And is it going to be something that they will relate to, that they will find relevant? You see, the gospel message never changes. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. 
And that's something to praise God for. And because that message never changes, that's a message of hope for the early church way back. That's a message for the hope for Christians a hundred years ago, and it's the same message for people today. That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And that's the message that we need to get out there. But we also need to be relational. We need to build relationships with people. Sometimes it's called playing the long game, but they need to see Christ in us, in our different relationships, because there's different people that all of us have the opportunity to witness to. Maybe it is our friends or our family that maybe don't hear the gospel any other way. Yesterday, I was out in the North Coast with three of my friends from school who aren't saved, and it was a brilliant day of just playing some golf. Didn't go so well, but we'll not say anything more. But on the way up the road, we was chatting with one of them. And as we passed Green Pastures, he was saying about, are they ever going to finish that building? And I said, oh, I don't know. But there was an opportunity that I was able to give then just to say, you know, if you want, you can come to church. Now, this guy, Jack, he's never going to come. But the Lord can work in his life. And the Lord can bring him. And we just have to keep chipping away. But it's seeing that relationship that we have with Christ that others need to see in us. You see, I was chatting to Keith Andrews from Release International recently. And he said this to me, that when he was chatting to the first North Korean underground believer he met, this North Korean underground believer said this, you have so much money and so much freedom that you end up putting your faith in your money and your freedom. We in North Korea... As Christians, we have only Christ, and we have learned that he is sufficient. That's all we need as we seek to share the gospel, as we seek to build relationships. We need to be bold to speak that word without fear, to take those opportunities, because the message is the same today as it was yesterday. So we need to be real, we need to be relevant, and we need to be relational as we seek to share the gospel. So we've thought about Paul's reason for writing to the Philippians, that God has a plan in everything. We've thought about Paul's response, that he took his opportunity to share the gospel, that the church was able to respond as well, that they became bold to share this message of good news without fear. We need to be the same today here in Northern Ireland in the 21st century. But what we also see is that we then see Paul's rejoicing. You see, if you look with me in verse 18, he uses that word rejoice twice. He says, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. But you see, before Paul wrote about that, he was addressing another issue with some of the believers. You see, he kind of describes two different groups. And the first group that he describes in verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife. And then we have this second group that he describes, and some also from good will. You see, we have those who are preaching Christ with the wrong motive, and those who are preaching Christ with the right motive. You see, if we think about that word envy, it's longing after something. That word strife is to cause conflict, it's anger, it's bitterness. 
And we see these two groups that Paul describes. And in verse 16, he goes on to describe those who are preaching Christ with the wrong motives. He says, the former preach Christ with selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. You see, there we see what those believers were seeking to do. They had their own motives. They had their own reasons. And they were seeking to add hurt to another believer. They were seeking to add hurt to Paul. And those who opposed Paul, they may have opposed Paul because of his emphasis on the grace of God or because of the way he preached the gospel. But they weren't in favor of Paul. They weren't supportive of Paul. They weren't praying for Paul while he was in prison. But they were still proclaiming the gospel. But they weren't doing it with the right motive. You see, with Paul, we see in these verses, we see that he has a love for God. We see that he has a love for the church as he writes about them becoming more bold and willing to speak without fear. But throughout this passage, we see his love for the lost. We see his love for the lost and wanting to share the gospel. And for all of us as believers, we constantly must be reevaluating our motives, asking ourselves, well, why am I doing this? You know, why am I doing this kids' club? Why am I doing this ministry? Is it to put Christ first in everything? Is it to do it with the right motives? You see, sometimes we compare ourselves with others. And we maybe compare ourselves with other churches or with individuals. And our desire is maybe to try and do something better or bigger than than someone else has. But that's the wrong motive. Because we should be glad if the message is going forward. Because those who are preaching with the right motives, what does Paul write about them? Well, in verse 17 he says, but the latter out of love knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. They're preaching the gospel out of love, given a defense. You see, in 1 Peter in chapter 3, in verse 15, it says this, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience, conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. You see, Paul was appointed for that defense of the gospel. He was ready. The believers were standing up. They were proclaiming they had the boldness. Paul was suffering for doing good. For all of us, we must constantly do it with the right motive. And we must have that realization that one day, if we suffer here on earth, that one day we will suffer no more when we spend eternity with Christ. But you see, those who were preaching with the wrong or with the right motives, they were doing it out of love. And that word love, if we think about it, they had care, they had concern, they had compassion. Everything that we must do as we seek to share the gospel must be done with love. With love for God, love for other believers, and love for the lost. But you see, for Paul, as he gives this summary, 
He says in verse 18, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and will rejoice. You see, there we see Paul's, Paul's happiness, Paul's joy, Paul's excitement that the gospel is being proclaimed. He's not concerned about whether people are doing it with the right motives or the wrong motives. Because at the end of the day, it's God who will judge. All of us will have to stand before God and give an account. But for Paul, what matters most is that that message is being proclaimed. That Christ is preached. The message must never change. You see, whenever Paul was writing to the church in Galatians, he wrote about their message because they weren't preaching Christ. In chapter 1 of Galatians, he says this in verse 6, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. You see, for Paul, he wants Christ to be preached. He wants Christ, the gospel message, to go forward. He wants to see that advancement. Because if we look through all these verses that we have read this morning, verse 12, the furtherance of the gospel. My chains are in Christ. Much more confident and bold to speak without fear in verse 14 for other believers. And verse 18, that Christ is preached. And in this I will rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. You see, whatever ministry we're involved in, whatever opportunities that we have to share the gospel, we must rejoice that we have those opportunities to preach Christ. Whenever we see works going on in other churches or in other groups, let us rejoice with them that Christ is being preached faithfully. But let us constantly do it out of love. Let us constantly be seeking to put Christ first. You see, as I conclude this morning, I started with that statement. The gospel is an everlasting message that needs to be shared everywhere by everyone in the church. All Christ calls us to is to be faithful in sharing that message. It is God who does the work through us. We are just his instruments. But as Paul wrote, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For each one of us, that should be our goal. That for as long as we live here on earth, that we are living for Christ. That we are living for the furtherance of the gospel. And we should look forward to that day when we will meet him for all eternity. This morning we've thought about Paul's reason for writing to the church in Philippi. That it was for the furtherance of the gospel. That Paul's reason as to why he was in prison. It was for the furtherance of the gospel. We've thought about Paul's response. That his desire was to share the gospel with all of those he came into contact with. To encourage the church to stand strong and to be willing to share the gospel. 
And then we see Paul's rejoicing that Christ is preached. Warren Wearsby said this, Paul did not find joy in ideal circumstances. He found joy in winning others to Christ. Let that be our desire this morning as believers. Let that be an encouragement, but I hope it's also been a challenge to your hearts that in every opportunity that you have, that you will share the gospel and that we will take a stand together as believers for Christ. Where God has placed us, he can use us. We just need to trust in him. Our closing hymn,